When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined by Joe Sked. Hello. In person as well. In person. Always a, good. V- a very sweaty Joe Sked. <laughs> it's very sweaty. I've already decided to run here and it's just dripping across from me. Yeah, I'll, I'll wipe down the equipment, don't worry, for those <laughs> for those who are uh, coming on next. <laughs> wipe down Tony's entire spare room. Yes. <laughs> right, we are going to just talk through the midweek fixtures and we'll begin... Um, with the game at Celtic Park Celtic, absolutely I was thinking about starting with a, a game that I was thinking about starting with another game and then I thought that's nah, just too contrarian even for us uh, to go against the kind of grade in terms of the old form focus in Scottish football this was definitely the most kind of eye-catching result of the midweek uh, th- there was another one that was very eye-catching we'll get to that soon enough but yeah, let's start at Celtic Park where Celtic just absolutely blitz Rangers in the first half. 3 nothing up at half-time. It wasn't even undeserved. They sc- scored a couple of late goals before half-time, but they deserved to be 3 nil up anyway. They missed a... I think uh, it was just Jack Amakis had all the, the chances that they missed earlier. And that was just enough to carry them to victory because even though Celtic done their usual kind of tiring a little bit in the second half, um, you could say it was tiring, you could also say that the job was done, they didn't have to do anything, especially since throughout the entire game, Rangers were pish. Yeah, so going back to your first point about being contrarian, I really don't think he can, just because I think it will come back to be potentially one of the most defining performances. Results, yes, performances certainly in uh, the first 40 minutes especially of this season and potentially Ange Postacoglu's reign because you know when a manager leaves typically you'll get asked to uh, uh, one of us would have got asked to do a piece on like the, uh, one of the like the most important matches or the biggest matches the most defining moments of his tenure and I think certainly that's the one that you've probably almost been waiting for because they threatened to give teams and they, they have they've given a few teams a doing but um, given there hasn't uh, been any since August really no like giving uh, Dundee or St Mirren a doing is completely different to giving Rangers a doing um, which which they did again it was it was a 45 minutes game the second half was not a non-event but you can understand Celtic did all the work they needed to in the first half we've seen it so many times that teams like parts uh, the other week could, it stayed in the game just because Celtic didn't finish them off. They finished Rangers off. Rangers were uh, pretty demoralised. It allowed them after the, uh, the half time, allowed them to kind of just sit in and contain. And Rangers, a mixture of that and Ryan Jack coming on, looked a bit better. But 
there was no point you think, oh, this this game's in doubt. Like this game, this game could turn around. Sorry, this game yeah. could turn around. Rangers are going to score, make it difficult for Celtic. You never got that feeling, which is from a Rangers point of view probably a, a very worrying aspect. But uh, for Celtic, I do think that is that is a resulting performance that um, is almost a catalyst for. Um, to go on and essentially win the league because you look at they still got Tom Rogic to come back you've still got Kyogo to come back um, Maeda started on the bench there's probably uh, one or two others on oh, David Turnbull um, that, I'm, that I'm forgetting and you're you're looking at it the way when especially we've gone up to five subs they can change Postacoglu could uh, conceivably just go right uh, we've absolutely smashed this team in the first half let's make five changes and do it again and they'll still have, like, it'll pre- preserve energy levels it also helps in the games as well where they're they're struggling the, the games like yeah. previous that they can bring on the five changes as well because they play at a very high tempo and the subs will allow them to stay at that high tempo because you're you're you are changing half of your outfield site and the subs now are bringing on maybe Bringing bringing on maybe Tom Roberts or O'Reilly rather than Ewan Henderson or Mikey Johnson or Mikey Johnson yeah so um, the quality levels, the the windows that have uh, the windows uh, that they've uh, Apostle Cuggle has had, it's two, two windows. I still think he'll be thinking, looking maybe one or two more before it's like his proper squad. But in those two windows, I know January window is very um, uh, very little evidence at the moment. But the evidence that we have got. The two winners would be absolutely brilliant in terms of the, the, the talent they brought in. Yeah, it's unreal. Rio Hatate. I mean, I think until... I mean, his injury problems might have kept him out of contention for this, but until recently, you kind of thought of Kyogo as the signer of the season. And now he's maybe already been usurped after four games by his teammate. Yeah, <laughs> it's... good fellow countryman. Uh, the most worrying aspect is Postacoglu coming out and saying he's not that fit. And he's just... Like, he was everywhere. It's, <laughs> he just struck me as the type of player that um, when you play at fives, that is just... Just doesn't give you a moment's a moment's peace because there was I think there was one moment in the first half where uh, Celtic had the corner, then Rangers had a dangerous break, and it was him racing back. And I, I don't know if he made an interception, a challenge, or a clearance, but uh, just his his talent on his all round talent. Uh, I can I can now see why they played. He'd be played at left back. He played at right back. He played as an attacking midfielder because you always you do uh, wonders like mm, that's. That that's very curious. Not many t- uh, players can do it, but I can understand why Hitati can do it. And what I really like about him is that he will make mistakes, as in he will lose the ball because he'll try and play progressive passes or really look to try and thread the needle. But it doesn't work. He'll just get it again. He'll win it back and then do it again. But actually, be be decisive. Yeah, two goals from outside. They sort of scored three goals so far. All of them have been from outside the box. He then yeah, delivers across for Abada to score as well. And he was just incredible in that first half, if you say. It was incredible against Hearts the week before. I thought it was incredible against Hibs uh, before he, t- he... And he tired, because he what not call the moons. Cause yeah, yeah. And every game, I think he's dropped off quite significantly in the second half, where he's obviously just... He's just not with his minutes in his legs. So, yeah, it's a bit scary, because he's soon going to be doing it for 90 minutes. Now, now if you can keep him quiet for, like, 60, you might have a chance. But uh, in, in, like, a month or so's time, that's not going to be an option. Yeah, yeah, but you do... It's just before we move on, you do have to wonder... What the fuck are scouts doing not looking at the J League more? I think <laughs> this is maybe going to start a trend. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like, ah, Japan, nah, they're, all, they're all shit. And it just turns out they're absolutely class. And I think it shows that Andrew Postacoglu was right to give uh, Chris McLaughlin an icy stare and uh, dismiss his question when he asked him like, about the step up uh, to the Scottish football kind of thing from the J League. So just on that, I remember speaking to uh, speaking to Powell because I looked at the, the the boy hearts were linked with and so just watching clips and watched a few clips of the, the, the Celtic boys coming in as well um, and I was saying to him I was like the A-League looks amazing just like uh, like the the atmosphere the colour the way the teams play just the the nature of the players they, they play with just this verve and I thought it, just, it might just because um, it, it just because in that environment, that just it makes it makes it look better. But no, I think they, it just really is a, a good league. Jake, there's marks in in Japan who are constantly on Twitter moaning about how the G League isn't is it sold well enough to foreign countries. But uh, yes, potentially. <laughs> men just men just mentioned this uh, about a uh, J- Japanese uh, Japanese abroad, and they just wanted all these. <laughs> All the Japanese players in the Well, they, they love doing that anyway. Like, uh, the Japanese media do. Like, we saw it with Nakamura was, was here. You would always get somebody at the game. And I noticed there was, 
there was a, a Japanese journalist at the Hearts game as well. Uh, there was somebody in the press in the press room. So, I mean, the, done, the, him and Hatati done the bow to each other oh, really? and stuff. It was quite cool. Uh, when I mean, when Machina was at Hearts, there was uh, oh, there yeah, was course. at first there was like three. Uh, there were three journalists, uh, and then when they realised mm, probably isn't that good, <laughs> and the Hearts are rubbish, <laughs> and we'll play them. It's like no, we'll just stop going. Don't watch this push. But yeah, I mean, you could you could go through go through the Celtic. You could go through this whole Celtic team. Uh, Michael Cox I don't know if you, you, you saw he did an article on the game um, for the Athletic and he compared them to I think he compared them to Sheffield United uh, Leeds <laughs> uh, but in a good way Leeds United and uh, but Atlanta as well he's doing that to, to give a bridge to his audience yes yeah exactly so and you just talked about the rotations of the the players on either side. So we've mentioned mentioned Hitati, um and you mentioned the Bada, and like the fullbacks as well. Juranovic was outstanding. So yeah, you watching your Juranovic, you're just like he's so good. I, I've noticed it when when we lasted the podcast. Like he's, he's just such a fun right back to watch. I've been quite um, praiseworthy of Anthony Ralston. He's had a very good season, mm-hmm. much better than everyone expected. But then Juranovic plays and he just he is he's not level above. He is so so far above. He is so quick. He's so intelligent. He's so um, uh, so aggressive, combative. But he is such a good technical player as well. And I think that's what that's what's key is that him and Craig Taylor, who I also had a very good game. Yes, uh, he's are, been playing well recently. He has been playing very well, and I think that's what. Yeah, Michael Cox talked about was their positioning the, 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 the different positions they took up and it just caused Rangers havoc let's talk about Rangers before we move on because they were shocking yes because the first half you could maybe understand it to a point because Celtic were just so good that I think anybody would have really had like even a Rangers team playing well mm. would have had a lot of problems dealing with that Celtic team just the, the form that they were on but the second half when the impetus is on you to get back in the game and they were just so every like Ryan Kent What's happened to Ryan Kent? He's just so vanilla now. He doesn't do anything. There was so the warning signs for me, Rangers wise. I know it's changed because injuries, uh, players are being on international uh, break. Morelos, for example, but they're <laughs> taking all the way to Colombia to not play. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it was uh, the Livingston game, and their front three was Cedric Kitten, Fashion Sakala, and Scott Wright, and they're just like I was kind of like, that's 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 not great. I know that's. That's just that's kind of a lot of their backup players in the the, the front three. Uh, the warning signs were there, and yeah, I think we probably would if we talked about it disagreed with the Hearts Celtic game where I I thought Hearts were too standoffish, uh, but I and I felt Rangers were the same. I, there's a balance in that because yes, yeah, Celtic were so good, and you think right if you just go toe to toe with them, they're just going to blitz you anyway. It's it is a balance in that, but I did think Rangers were just. Far too passive, and you look at Celtic, there's just so much pace and energy about them. Rangers looked leggy. Yeah, uh, Rebo looked like a baby deer. Roof was useless. Uh, Diallo was not up for the fight at all. Oh, no. Tavernier's crossing was all over the place. Barisic, Barisic. Jesus. Oh. He knew it as well. Like that, the. the I think it'll be almost an iconic bit of clip of him just sitting down <laughs> before the before before a bad has even got uh, made contact with the ball because he's he's realised I've made a no hunt of it. And yeah, they, they got a bit better after half time, but they still really really looked like getting back into the game. Ryan Jack shot for this this incredible streak mm. was about as close as they really came, and yeah, it was just. Ah, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. As you said earlier, it never the result never looked in any sort of even like a you know one percent chance of all oh, Rangers get a goal here. You mm. just didn't think after the first five ten minutes, you're like, okay, this this game's done. Yeah, I mean, it's not. There's there's definitely uh, warning signs there. There's definitely concerns there, but it's not an it, the results a disaster because just the nature of the old firm is that anytime you lose a game. Whether you're Celtic or Rangers, it is uh, crisis mode and a disaster. But you look at Morelos coming back, Ryan Jack coming back to fitness, uh, Aaron Ramsey. Surely, sh- sh- he, you'd expect him to be. Keep forgetting they've signed Aaron Ramsey. Yes, men, <laughs> still men. But again, <laughs> you do. He's like, is he is he going to fall at the Joey Barton or Roy Keane trap? It would be the Robbie. It could be the Robbie Keane, and that he's brilliant, but he doesn't make Rangers any better. Oh yeah, forgot about Robbie Keane. Yeah. Uh, that 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 could be the way, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how he how Van Bronckhorst fits him into the, the team, and yeah, it needs to get more out of his uh, more out of the attackers. 
Roses are red, violets are blue, don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist men's grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code TERRACE for 20% off and free shipping. January has been and gone. It's a lazy month. It's a month where you can be forgiven for getting behind on your personal hygiene. But it's time now to get everything nice, neat, tidy and smelling fresh. And Manscaped is here for you. With the Performance Package 4.0, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. You get the Weed Whacker. You get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. You get the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. And the Manscaped Refined Cologne. There's also two free gifts thrown in, their shared travel bag and their anti-chafing boxer briefs, which, as I've said before, I do rate quite highly and wear often. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code Terrace at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Terrace. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Right, let's move on to the other result I kind of teased earlier, the other kind of eye-catching result from the weekend. St. Johnson have won a football game. First time in... I, I look, looked... I, 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 thought you, I actually I actually looked this up and uh, just didn't make just didn't make a note of it. So it would have been I think the first well, it certainly uh, wasn't against Kelly Hearts. No, first league first league win in eleven or twelve potentially. I'm not gonna count it, but I'm gonna find out when the last one I gave. The last one I gave away to Dundee United on the tenth of October, and that's wow. in all competitions because they only had one cup yeah. game and they lost it to uh, League Two side. Wow! So and unbeaten in two games as well. <laughs> you what? You watch this game? You watch this game in its entirety? I yes. watched the highlights. Were they good? They were better. Um, I'm not. So they weren't good. <laughs> no, no. Well, they were the better team for the first half an hour. Uh, okay. Livingston kind of. <laughs> They struggled. Livingston were really poor, I thought, to start this game. Some of it may have been with Livingston being uncharacteristically sloppy. Mm. They really seemed to lack a bit of concentration in this game. Um, uh, Obelai, in particular, had an absolute nightmare at the back. Um, like not he looked only, like Queen of the South centre-back, Obelai. Yeah, yeah. And not just in terms of uh, being at fault for, for the winning goal, but also just in the amount of times he sloppily gave the ball away with just bad passes along the the... the, the they were back four for Livingston and they were, yeah, but they took a while. They eventually did get into the game and they dominated a lot of the ball. It was a very kind of, it's kind of surprising. It's Although Livingston can't do this, I don't think we should be too surprised, but mm. even more so than normal, they were very much looking to just keep possession as much as possible and knocking the ball from back to front and using the width of the park. But it took them a while to kind of get into that and... Really, for St. Johnson's point of view, it, the only thing that was really that great was that Callum Hendry played well, I think. And he was often the one responsible for getting them up the park and causing problems. And yeah. and when he was the periods where he was falling out of the game is when they were falling out of the game. That was going to be my next question was around Callum Hendry because Craig Anderson I don't think I've seen Hendry when I was at Kelly, but Craig Anderson certainly was very positive about his impact when he came in and played with Ollie Shaw. I think it was pretty uh, gutted to see him go back to St. Johnson. Could understand it. Callum Hendry, I'm really glad for him. First of all, the the goal itself was great. Just his, his build-up play and then, then the header itself, getting ahead of uh, Newcastle United target Jack Fitzwater. But it was the um, just the, the manner of it. And I looked at Hendry from the start of last season. I predicted him to be uh, almost a Lyndon Dykes figure for St. Johnson. I thought he had that in his locker just to be an absolute nuisance, to be a real focal point. This just didn't work out from last season and again, when he went on, on loan to Aberdeen. So it's good that they found this. Very encouraging for St. Johnson that they found this this focal point. I think more so than more so than me, someone that probably Kane could play with, someone that Chifty could play. He is, he, Callum Hendry is a player that you could play up front of his own or he could fit in with different different type of strikers. Is that still their game? They're still, their game is still about playing direct and getting mm. it forward. Even when they weren't knocking it long, they were playing it low directly into the forwards. So it's about their forwards keep making the ball stick and taking the team up the park. And Stevie May wasn't doing it as much as... Stevie, it's just sad to watch Stevie May now. There was a point in the game where he got the ball taken... Uh, it was a counter-attack. It was, it was, in fact, it was one of Obelai's terrible passes. 
And Stevie May robbed it, and then he kind of ran with the ball to the edge of the box. I think it was two on two. And then Obelai just so easily came across and took it off him. But it was just like, there wasn't any, like May wasn't angry. Like he wasn't, he didn't look gutted. He wasn't frustrated with himself. It was just kind of like, oh, this is what happens to me now. (laughs) It was just so depressing. Acceptance. I've got a new, I've got a theory here. For Stevie May, because I'm still, I'm not giving up hope. <laughs> one day, he'll be back in the Premier League scoring goals regularly. But what I think he needs to do, I think he should go down a level. Or maybe even so two. What he needs to do is, uh, when he went on loan to Aloha. And, and then Hamilton as well. And, and Aki's as well. I thought he went on loan at Aki's. So he needs that to find his... Yeah, rediscover his mojo, get his confidence back in front of goal. Just do the simple thing of putting the ball in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the game against Hearts recently, um, I'd actually forgot... He was even on the pitch until he had this, and he had an effort in the second half, and it was just, it was just tame, like an acceptance of defeat. One thing I will say, but we'll look at it, so Johnson, that I think are improvements is that um, is it Dan? What's his name? Cleary. Dan Cleary. Yeah. Dan Cleary. He's. I thought he was a little bit at fault for the goal, and uh, I said this kind of when he came in. I uh, haven't had a look at him when myself and Tony done the signings podcast that he looked like a kind of discount Jason Kerr. Mm-hmm. That he was good with the ball, but um, the fact that he was coming in from um, is it the League of Ireland? Is that what it's called? The exactly. League. That he probably wouldn't be as defensively solid as Jason Kerr. And I think that's proven already. But he did get them up the park well with a few kind of decent balls into Hendry that made mm. it kind of easier for St. John to make the ball stick. It was, uh, his, it was his, his assist. Yes. And Melker Harburg, uh, I thought, had a decent game as well. Uh, not without being brilliant, but he just seems to add a little bit extra, just a little bit extra movement. Like he doesn't, like I was watching him. And he's as in running. Yeah, well, not not necessarily running, but just in terms of actual like quickness of movement from side to side. Like, put it this way, he looked like a player in his early twenties as opposed to something in the early thirties. That okay, that's because uh, it, it, it's funny because when I seen the when Halberg got announced by by St Johnston, I seen a couple of mess, uh, a couple of tweets that said is exactly the type of player we need, and that's when the red flags started dropping. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you need a do you need a mediocre uh, centre midfielder, and then you're thinking, yeah, because he's better than poor centre midfielders, and I think that was a big uh, concern of St. Johnson fans was the kind of the average age. I think just Tommy Wright did really well to bring it down, and mm-hmm. it certainly was creeping back up in terms of signing profiles or players who were playing, especially in the centre midfield where Scottish football you need you need legs as well as experience. Yeah, to kind of go, something I've said all I've got to say on St. Johnson, other than the fact that Glenn Middleton came on and probably one of his best performances of the season coming off the bench in this one, he, he made a difference and was involved in the, the winning goal as well and made the winning goal. And the comparison between him and Joe Newell coming off the bench, uh, as I'm down on Google, is John Newell. Yeah, it, it, yeah, has that. I've noticed that before. I had to have had to double check that. I don't know if it's Jonathan's uh, his middle name. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he goes by John. I don't know. But I'm calling him Joel. So uh, he, because he came on, he was good against Hibs. I watched their mm-hmm. game against Hibs. He, even though I didn't have to, to cover it or anything, or I wasn't on the podcast. So just because Hibs are now the team that I cover as much as Hearts now, so I'm just kind of keeping abreast of them. I'm also going to the Hibs and game this Saturday, even though I'm not working. No, oh. uh, I'm getting a free season ticket, so I've got nothing else to do. May as well go uh, quietly cheer on some <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> no, but I can't have sides. Don't uh, out me, please. <laughs> Don't want to get battled. Uh, so, yeah, he came on and he was, after and played well against Hibs, he was really poor and then got sent off. And whereas Middleton, you know, gave St. Johnson the boost off the bench that they kind of required. It's actually something, we'll get on to talk about that later when we talk about the Hearts-Hibs game. I thought the, the subs in that game kind of made a kind of similar impact as mm. well. But uh, just a final word on Livingston. Yeah, just kind of, they've been played well recently. Just a really kind of poor game all round. I don't think any of kind of, considering how they've been performing recently, I don't think Omeonga, Holt or Pittman had particularly good games. And it was just about, they still kept the ball quite well, as I said, but just kind of, yeah, lacking a bit of something. Just maybe standards have slipped ever so slightly given their recent run. Go, going by... So I came into this going by the highlights and the stats. Uh, that's the stats I've seen, which had uh, St. Johnson's XG higher, uh, had their possession and just the way they kept the ball basically a lot better. And also the highlights that Alan Forrest looked very dangerous. He was good. 
he looked very dangerous and I think I don't know obviously he was on almost moved to St Johnson an offer was accepted so it was suggested that Livy's were relatively happy to not relatively happy but quite content for him to move on but it was good to see him have a impact again and the fact is that they're actually very close to getting a draw, despite St Johnson scoring so late on. Yes, Nicky Devlin hitting the post. That was it was created by Forrest uh, after yeah. St Johnson really poorly uh, dealing with a, a high ball over the top, and then everybody just seems to get caught under the ball, and then everybody goes towards the ball, and nobody. Ali Crawford spots Devlin, but it's a bit too late by that point. Actually, that was one point I wanted to make before we move on. Ali Crawford, don't think he played well, but we know from his time at Hamilton he can score goals, he can make goals. At this point. St. Johnson probably needs somebody who is not necessarily going to be a 7 out of 10 every week, but can be a 5 out of 10 and get you a goal. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. He's, he's, I think St. John's fans, I'm, they'll, they'll be well aware of this, I'm not going to say them, but Ali Crawford is not Ali McCann. Uh, <laughs> very very different players, but yeah, you see him with Hamilton, he, he, was almost, he was a talisman for Hamilton just because he came up with those big moments rather than uh, consistent performances. Yes. Right, let's move on to the game in Dingwall, Ross County 1. Oh, do we have to? One. <laughs> you watch this one, Joel. Fucking hell. <laughs> Not a good game? Oh, it was, a, just, it was just one big foul. <laughs> <laughs> it was... So so normally... Normally, Edinburgh normally Dar- I like football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, normally, Edinburgh Derbies are very, very foully, uh-huh. as, in, as in nature. I think there was 26 fouls on Tuesday... There were 43 Jesus. in the Ross County game. The second half got a wee bit better, but oh, Alan, I think I'm sure it was Alan Muir who was a ref, just blew for everything. It was just such, such a stop-start game and there was no flow to it. It really did, did, did ruin it. And you look at energetic nature of both sides, but aye, it, was, it, was, it was frustrating. Who, who, who do you want to start with first? Uh, let's go for County. They've been on a, a decent wee. Uh, they're, they're still looking. <laughs> they're still looking good. <laughs> I don't know if so, <laughs> so County, I'm sure I've mentioned this before in the podcast. The, the, they're a weird side for me because the team I've always try and uh, look out for recently and try and watch because they've been doing so well. They've got a few of the old informed players. Got Reagan, Charles Cook, but then watched the highlights against Dun United and I thought they looked pretty good. They lost. And then I've seen them a few times early in the season and they've uh, not what when they were going on their winless run, didn't pick I'm, up the win and they thought they were pretty I thought they were pretty good to watch. Yeah, I watched the, the United game. They were they were good in the second half. I think they were a bit unlucky to mm. lose that one. Yeah, I, I, I go my hacks, I, I I agree. But then recently I've watched them and kinda of going in with high expectations and not really not really delivered. You can see why they are are a threat. They've got so much energy. They are really good on the break. Uh, I was actually quite impressed with Dominic Samuel. Uh, just it was a nuisance factor. Uh, it was really good movement to kind of compliment Jordan White, who, who was guilty of fouling, <laughs> fouling a lot. Just the, again the nature of his build and his <laughs> awkwardness and dare I say um, offishness. Uh, Charles Cook and Hungbo, they're just two two great players for getting you up the pitch. And, but probably the, 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 the player I was most impressed with was Callan. He was played in a deeper role, uh, but he was he was everywhere. So Tilson, Tilson sat uh, mopped up, but Callahan was just a just a bundle of energy. He was it was everywhere, and he was it was it was quite progressive with uh, on the ball. So it wasn't just it wasn't just about his energy, about running around, charging around. It was um, it was important play well, but he was also also using the ball well. Uh, the two quite like the the left back Vokins as well. He's quite a quite a steady player, but he's seen it with uh, the goal. Aberdeen scored that came down the right hand side Ramsey he was I think he got subbed at half time he got subbed for Conor Randall so two minutes of like three minutes on the pitch Conor Randall outpaced by Johnny Hayes uh, Keith Watson coming across who I don't think had a good game and then not getting anywhere Johnny Hayes and he's scoring past uh, past lead loss so I do think well, it's a similar hind- problem. That, they were hindered. It's a similar problem with Ross County. It's like it was like the Dundee United game. It, it's uh, this game as well. Is that you just look at their defence similar to Dundee as well. You just look at their defence. Uh, Calvin Ramsey taking off at half time. Conor Randall replaces him. Uh, Keith Watson, Jesus Christ, he's still a centre half at top flight level. Captain Alex Jakovic, not very good. Uh, Voikins, yeah, you think he's steady enough? No, I'm not impressed. But they don't have good defenders. No, and, they, uh, I think it, that it's stopping them from winning games. Yeah, because you look at it, they've scored. I think they've uh, 
They have scored the. They scored thirty five. They've scored thirty five. So only Celtic and Rangers have scored more goals than Ross County in the entire league. Oh wow! Which is, uh, I think, which, which says a lot. No one's con- again. No one's conceded more. So you can look at that. I was, that, I was that, scared that. for a second there because I was sure I wrote last week that Hearts had the third highest goals in the league. But I'm just looking. They did last they week. They did. They did last week. Yeah. <laughs> they did last week. But yeah, you can see there's there's two very different sides to. Uh, side to Ross County they're a team that can uh, they can score goals score goals make it uncomfortable for defences turn defences uh, is a big thing and uh, can it take exploit exploit space really well but yeah defence I thought yeah, when I've seen Yakoviti I thought he's been better than he has was last season but the combination the collective defensively there's uh, it's just not strong enough no they, yeah just not, and if they had and if they had like a, a defence that Ross County had in the past like if I think of Andrew Davis and his kind of prime Ross County alongside Marcus Fraser if they had that defence along with this attack County could be a top six side they, they could be if they had boys they, they, they would be a European side but that's just just not the case aye man he had boys yep. Aberdeen uh, oh, number of problems, Aberdeen. The Stephen Glass's manager being the board, the main one. I mean, it's it's, it's not looking great. <laughs> I was at the diplomatically put. It was. I was. I was. At, oh yeah, I forgot your Dave Cormack's <laughs> bad now. <laughs> I was at the St Mirren game, um, covering it for the uh, for the Scotsman and. One of the worst performances of the season uh, from a team. Dear. Uh, just speaking, uh, just getting a kind of flavour of what Aberdeen fans like. I think it was by far the worst performance of the season. I can understand why. They just had no, no intent, and they've got a real problem on the road. I think they. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how that game changes it, but going into that game, they were heading for the worst away first away. Uh, form since the season they finished bottom of the league in 1999-2000 that's how poor it is only I think only Dundee um, yeah only Dundee have got a worse away perform uh, away record sorry that's what word was, was looking for away record on um, this season you look at before looking at the game you look at the the, the, the transfer the, the transfer business they've done so they've brought in Dante Polvara from America very highly rated come through the college system by all accounts I think it was quite a bit of interest around Europe uh, for him uh, very very like I said high, very highly regarded in in America but Glass asked him recently he was like when when's he going to be involved and quite like well, he's had had an injury he'll be weeks away he was like basically the answer the tone of it just said suggests he's not really in his thoughts in the sh- certainly in the short term then the the, the focus was certainly Keeping Ramsey, improving the attack, or certainly bringing players for the attack. So they brought in uh, Vicente, butchered his surname, Bezajun. Yeah, say, just, just say it quickly. And <laughs> you were going into the final few days thinking, right, they'll probably add another because Marley Watkins is injured. If they sell Ryan Hedges with a couple of days to go, that'll get, they got two hundred grand. Right, okay, definitely bring another uh, another player, whether it's um, a wide player. Or another striker, it comes and goes, and they brought an Adam Montgomery on loan. Before, and you think maybe play a left back. He was on the bench. John Hayes side, sorry, the left back. Jack McKenzie came on at left back to put uh, John Hayes in the uh, the wide position. They're playing Funzo Oyo as a wide player. Funzo Oyo is not. A, he's, I think he's he's a versatile player. He's useful in certain situations. He's not a wide player uh, that for a team that should be pushing for European football. So against County, you had. Uh, Vicente on one wing and then it was almost certainly first half almost like a hybrid of Ojo and Ferguson mm-hmm. taking turns to kind of uh, drift out left but largely they were just moving in, in field so just basically John Hayes had that whole left side and then Vicente was on on the right he looked okay but there was just I just thought there was just little bits of problems with Aberdeen throughout their build up was too slow I think uh, that they do try and play it from the back, but I don't think they are quite good enough or sharp enough to do that yet. They had both had, so you had Ferguson playing coming in from the left, Scott Brown and Dylan McGeek. All three of these players, especially Ferguson, uh, Ferguson something he's added to his game, all three of those players want to go and collect the ball from defence. So it, it just seemed like overkill in there. Teddy Jenks was brought on at half time. Christian Ramirez, I've. Uh, 
I, I, I expressed my doubts early in the season because I, I thought he's a good finisher. I'm not sure about his, the rest of his game. And you see, all eight of his, all eight of his premiership goals have been scored within the box. Is uh, I, I looked at it just, I think, looking at our strikers' XG um, gives you a good idea of are they getting a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, his recently has been like, zero, uh, for Rangers game was zero, um, the county game was 0.03, uh, the St Mirren game, he was the highest at zero point one nine. So th- 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 this suggests they just he's not getting he's not getting chances. Yeah, he's, he's not getting service. Uh, yeah, he's not getting service. He's a striker that thrives on service, and he doesn't get it. I think he's limited in build up. So then you've got this big gap where you've got McGeoch Brown at the uh, with the deepest, and then Oyo and Ferguson coming in field. But you've not got like a. Ryan Hedges figures that come in and feel and Lincoln Lincoln play. It just it was very disjointed, and again just a, a, another poor performance. And for a fair bit of investment, this window and the window previously, because I think they spent a decent bit of money on Vicente, uh, they have got a squad that uh, strikes me as lopsided, unbalanced. Right, let's move on to Motherwell against St Mirren, the other one-all draw from Wednesday night. This was a kind of an, an intriguing, an intriguing tactical battle. Now, you sound like you put on your Sky Sports hat of the EPL there and <laughs> describing a really shit game. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this. I quite enjoyed. Uh, I quite enjoyed Livingston St Johnson. I didn't enjoy this as much, um, but. There just wasn't as much kind of football played in this one. It was. Just I, I I am shocked. By, uh, I'm shocked by that. <laughs> St Mirren, St Mirren signing who have already got Alan Power. If you actually, that's that's harsh because I think he's a very good player. Uh, bringing in Alex Gogic and Motherwell playing with one attacking player. Yes. Who'd have thunk it? Motherwell were were decent though, and Motherwell should have been ahead uh, in the first half, and were the better team probably. Kind of comfortably the better, well, not comfortably, but um, undeniably the better team for 75 minutes, I would say. And then St. Man really kind of came on it and then scored. And then Motherwell equalised at the end. But it was it was interesting how they played Motherwell because they were really tight, their, their system. So, uh, just just bring it up there, again, there was one of the games I watched highlights. Did they play with a back three? Yes, they played with a back three. Uh, they also had two banks of four in mid... Sorry, two banks of four. Two banks of two in midfield. So they had sitting. Um, it would Slattery been, Donnelly. No, it was Liam Donnelly, and who was the other midfielder? I've not mentioned yet. Slattery Goss Shaw. Shaw. It was Shaw and Donnelly, uh, and it is this kind of sitting two, and then it was Goss and Slattery as the forward two. Uh, so they were very narrow, playing with a three at the back. St Mirren, I kind of you kind of think St Mirren should eat that up. St Mirren started with Jordan Jones, uh, who must have been making his debut on the left. Mm-hmm. And Jay Henderson on the right. Jay Henderson, uh, the last time I was on the show, was had a very good game against Dundee United. That was kind of one of the big reasons why they, they defeated them. So it should have been about St Mirren absolutely killing them on the flanks because they've also got Richard Tate going forward from left-back. And you know Marcus Fraser's not much of an attacker, but he can at least go forward and, and help create overloads. That really didn't happen at all during the game. In fact... It was more, the only really times I saw the, the, the wings being much of a factor was when Motherwell would have the, Motherwell would draw out the fullback. So I think there was one point, uh, one of the chances for Motherwell in the first half, Richard Tate got very close to Stephen O'Donnell, who was playing wing back for Motherwell, and Calm Slattery attacked the space in behind him. And they also had a bit of joy on the other side as well. Goss had three shots in the first half, three chances. He actually looked, uh, surprisingly enough, fairly at home in that kind of more advanced um, position. He moved back uh, on 40 minutes after Shaw was injured. And then they brought on Ryan Tierney instead, Mm. who's more of a natural number 10. So he played there instead. But that was, uh, I was surprised. Really, the only thing that St Mirren did up until kind of near the end of the game was either through Conor Ronan, who had some mistakes in the match, but also played reasonably well and was the only kind of kind of creative outlet they really had. Or they had a free kick dead. Tate had a Tate had a header that was a great save from Liam Kelly. He could mm. kind of close out for the goal, but that just comes from St. Mirren just knocking a long ball forward that Kilty ran onto, and Jake Carroll stupidly gave away a foul, and that was it. Really, St. Mirren really didn't have a lot to do in this game. Motherwell should have been. The mother could have been out of sight before it got down to the last 10 minutes. But St Mirren did make a change. They went really narrow themselves. 
because they took off Jones, they took off Henderson, they brought in Ryan Flynn and Lee Irwin. At this point, I was trying to figure out what the hell they were playing because it didn't look like they had anybody on the right. I think Kilty was supposed to be on the right, but he just looked like he was still playing through the centre. So Fraser was kind of the most attacking outlet, but and on the left, I think it was... I think it was Ronan on the left. So it just looked really narrow, but then that kind of helped them pick up a lot more of the loose balls that they weren't getting early in the game when Motherwell can dominate a lot of that kind of midfield territory with having the, the four players in there. And then they had the kind of two chances. Um, Flynn was... He, he drove the ball forward for... Marcus, uh, he drove the ball forward and played it to Ronan for the corner that led to Marcus Fraser's chance and then he forced the corner with a, a great shot that was well saved by uh, by Kelly before Gogic scored the header. And then, to, to top it off, uh, who cares about all these fancy shapes and stuff when at the end of the game you can just stick Bevis McGavy up front? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the goal, uh, so so yeah, I mean, it does it, it sound like a shit game. Yeah. <laughs> The goal itself. I suppose there was a bit of a franticness there, but one reason I didn't enjoy it as well is that I've, I've ragged on Ross County for this, but someone really needed... The, the camera angle's terrible. And really low. Ah, and because of the names on the back of their shirts, it's fucking hard to tell who's Ross, who these Simran players are. So I was stopping it so many times, they just looking back and winding back and back until I could get to a point where I could see their number and then follow the action for there. Is that him? Boots. That's, that, that's how you tell them. Okay. But the, the, the equalising goal, Richard Tate obviously gets uh, pickpotted by Willery. Willery slips over, doesn't mean to pass it to Tierney, and Tierney slips. Uh, <laughs> great finish, great finish at the, uh, the top of the net. But I mentioned Mugabe, because Mugabe was put up front, and I know that Graham bemoaned this at the time, but he had a shot that was saved by Anik, and then he also, yeah, it's Tate's fault, but Mugabe comes from nowhere where it looks like Suburban are about to clear to actually keep that attack alive. <laughs> He hustles and, and, and keeps the ball up there and then Tate makes an arse of things. He, he asked, I don't think he's going to win it. I think there's someone else that's uh, that's primed to win it and his name's uh, gone in my head, but the most improved player in the, in the league, he's, he's certainly a contender. Uh, Regan Charles Cook is the one who's going to win it. Regan Charles Cook, I knew there was, I knew there was a complete obvious one. But yeah, uh, the only thing I was disappointed, the highlights didn't show fully, apparently the... Motherwell fans going on the pitch and uh, St Mirren fans is, or like confronting St Mirren fans as well so unfortunately that um, that uh, did not get shown I, I didn't see that I think yeah. I might have stopped it as soon as the goal went and I was running out of time I think Graham, I think Graham, uh, Graham certainly mentioned something like that and there was on the highlights they did cut with uh, to the Motherwell fans and a lot of them were just running down the front and then they were just booing so I'm just imagining that's the, that's when the fans were running the pitch I wanted to see that seems we like to see yeah <laughs> Right, let's move away from this one and move on to the Edinburgh Derby, the first of our two nil nils. Hearts nil, sorry, Hibs nil, Hearts nil. I should get it in the right order. Despite being a nil nil, I quite enjoyed this game. Yes, I can see where you, I can see where you came from. I was coming from the. I think it's. I think that reasoning helps when the Edinburgh Derbies have been so shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, There's not a high. It's not I a high that, bar. I wondered that beforehand whether my standards are just so low, but. Yes, there was very little football being played. However, there was a lot of counter-attacks and there was still, like... There was still some decent performances, I thought, within yeah. there. I don't yeah. think everybody was, like, rubbish. Like, no. it has been in the past. Yeah, I think I think there was... Uh, there was moments of football. Uh, both teams tried to uh, tried to play. I think it was a good battle uh, that you, you want in Derby. It was, it was physical, decent atmosphere. There were chances on both sides... Um, yeah, it could easily, another, ended, it could easily have ended up two each, for example. It, it, yeah, it, it's kind of similar to the derby, the first derby of the season, where mm-hmm. both keepers had really good, uh, really good games. This was more about both teams being a, probably a bit more wasteful than yes, keepers definitely. having great games. Because I, Dabrowski got a lot of credit. I don't think there was mm. any save. Maybe his the save he makes from Sims, where he rushes off his line. That's the, that's the best that's save a, of the yeah, lot. It was and. But none there of them was, are none of them are really saves. I think you would be like, oh my god, what save that? And there was one certainly the one in the first half from Boyce, very unorthodox. So he all got away with that big time mm-hmm. when he just palmed it straight back. It was straight, straight back, back to, to Sims. Sims. Uh, again, it was a difficult ch- uh, chance for Sims, but yeah, I thought it was. Um, I didn't think it was. I didn't think he had. I can understand understand why he got man of the match, but I don't think he was man. Of no, the match. he wasn't. There was for me. There were two better players than him defensively. Anyway, uh, Ryan yep. Borchers for Hibs yep. and Toby Civic for Hearts. Yep. Uh, so I had to do player ratings for both sides, and 
I thought Toby Sibbick was Hearts best player uh, yes. I, I, absolutely uh, and Stephen Kingsley as well but I gave him a 9.5 Who's Sibbick? <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh people are mad uh, people are going to reply to me with not being happy with you uh, on, on social media Um but I thought Stephen Kingsley was excellent again. But it's it like it's just Kingsley that you just there's almost like an expectation that he is genuinely eight, nine out of ten most weeks. But you just think seven, just because you just cause you're so used to he's been solid. He, what, what what did what did you give uh, Atkinson? I uh, gave him a seven. I was going to give him an eight, but then when he started to get roasted by Demi Mitchell, I gave him a seven. I gave him a five. Uh, I, I, thought he, I thought, yeah. So I thought he struggled. I got a lot of heat for this. Don't you worry. I got a lot of heat for this. I thought he struggled. I thought he struggled with the pace of the game. He looked, he looked heavy legged as the game uh, wore on. He definitely I did thought that. He made, uh, I thought he made. He gave the way. Gave the ball away um, too much. Uh, his crossing was erratic, and I thought Josh. I actually thought Josh Doy gave him more of a hard time than than, than Mitchell. Um, but again, further away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it's one of those so trying to judge twenty like twenty, well, essentially twenty six. However, however many came on, it was it was difficult it was four because four on each side, so that is thirty players. But brutal, brutal. But yeah, he's, he's, you know what's easier? Just give him every kind of six, <laughs> six. Aye, that's fine. They were, they were all right, and move on. <laughs> Give give two of them a seven. <laughs> yeah, just 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 keep it straight in the middle. Move on. Don't have an opinion. Uh, but yeah, I was I I came into the match, put my hearts uh, my my fan hat on. I was coming at the match uh, fearful um, of a passive performance, which at times I thought it was in the f- first, first half. half. Yeah, I, again I thought it was a slow a slow start. Uh, Barry McKay made as many passes as Craig Gordon and I think that kind of just summed up parts they never got him on the ball anywhere yeah. near as, uh, as as much as they, they should off I thought Hibs for the first 30-35 minutes thought they maybe not by far the better team but I thought they were the better better side yeah. More, during, during that period Joe Newell was excellent he kind of fell off in the second half mm. uh, and he just seemed to want to get booted uh, before he eventually got injured and Chris Mueller I thought looked decent enough early on he really faded for things Dodge started off well and then completely lost the battle in the second half with Civic. So yeah, Hibs just kind of faded. But then, and I kind of teased this earlier, I thought the, Hibs end, I thought the reason the game of Hibs ended it on top for like the last 10, 15 was because their subs made, with the exception of Dre Wright, who was pushed. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was a boy, there was a boy in, uh, so I was in the, we were both in the press box, I don't know if you've seen him. Uh, so we were just in the hospitality front. When Wright was kind of being brought on, he lost his shit. He was going absolutely mental. And I like, give him a chance. And he came on, like, you're right, mate. You we were, were right. He was, he was bad. He was the worst player on the pitch. Uh, but the other Hibs subs, I thought, made a decent impact. Josh Campbell, Ewan Henderson was very good when he came Henderson on. And, and Demi Mitchell where was... Uh, brought an extra kind of spark that he was brought on through injury problems, but they didn't lose anything from that. Hearts only sub you could say that they got anything from was Cochrane coming on for Halliday because Halliday had already been booked and was making a couple of mistakes. The rest of them, Woodburn, you, you, you can chuck you can chuck Woodburn in with a Jay Wright performance. Ah, he was. Janelli um, did nothing, uh, and I think the last one was Peter Harlan, and that was an injury time. Yeah. It was the fear. Where Hibs, I think, got a lot of joy in the first half was basically they managed to get the ball wide, and especially Chris Cadden. He watched the Levy game, I've seen most big chunk of the Levy game, and I thought it was excellent against Livingston. And when you have Halliday, who I, I think there's a place for Halliday in that Hart squad, but I don't think it is as a left back against a powerful right wing back mm-hmm. who who is very good at running in straight lines. And I did think the 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 way he combined with Muller and potentially Jake Doyle Hayes and Nisbet was helping every now and then and I thought that they got a lot of joy from that but they didn't make the most of it uh, you, you talked about Muller I thought he was showed flashes but again probably tried to do too much uh, made the wrong decisions Kevin Nisbet I really like Kevin Nisbet and I thought he started really well but when I say he started really well he got into good positions or he linked play and then when he got into those good positions Rubbish! Mm-hmm. Like everything, everything he uh, t- uh, touched turned to jobby because he was there was there was there was one moment I think summed up and it was probably the first one was when he got into the box early on, ball fell to his left foot and you think a confident Kevin is, but it's a good uh, it, it's, it's a good angle hit across Craig, Craig Gordon and it's probably a goal, but he hesitated and then tried to bring it onto his right and then all the momentum of the attack just 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 lost and I think that probably just summed up. 
summed up Kevin Nisbet. Deutsch, I, I wouldn't say he was as good as you made him out to begin with. Uh, I just think he still he still looks like a player um, finding his feet after injury. There was what was the the going back to last midweek against Motherwell. He had a great chance and just like take a touch and finish, and he just mm-hmm. blazed it over the bar. So yeah, I think. <sighs> Yeah, hips are hip, I think hips are very much a work in progress. Yes, and which makes Hearts's uh, lack of lack of. I don't know. I think they were taken by surprise for Hibs as well. Yeah. If you looked at how Hibs played against Livingston, they didn't play like that at all. No, no, they yeah, were I, up and at Hearts. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't trying to just knock the ball around and, and kind of do a kind of leaf version of Tiki Taka. Yeah. Uh, Tiki Taka, just 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 pass between the three centre backs. <laughs> Speaking of which, Rocky Bashiri was great the first half, and Jesus Christ, he had the poor second half. Ah, it was weird. I think just the just nature of Edinburgh Derby, Beningame as well. I thought overall we had a great game. Beningame was great until he clearly tired in the last twenty to thirty minutes, and, and it didn't make any sense to me why he played the full ninety against Motherwell. He there was I, I think there was like a fifteen there was definitely a fifteen minute spell where it just like like Rocky just everything started going wrong mm-hmm. just every, everything started going wrong from um, but yeah I think f- from a hearts from a hearts fan perspective it was it was disappointing yeah Hibs probably didn't Hibs uh, played a different style than you probably expect them to but for me looking at a team it just lacked it lacked pace uh, Sims. I thought it was terrible in the first half and then opposite he was really good in the yeah. second when he, he kind of found his touch and he started to go beyond and stretch the game uh, and it allowed Liam Boyce to kind of drop deeper I thought, Boy- I, I thought Boyce was a massive reason why Hearts picked up in the second half I thought he was really good until he again clearly tired uh, late on yeah I just think I just think Sims is going to be a handful um, until he gets found out like most heart strikers do. <laughs> right let's move on to our final game let's only do five minutes in this because neither of us have watched it and it finished 0-0 and I'd, was it any good? I don't know. Dundee, Dundee, Dundee United, Joe. You've you've got a lot of notes from it. So, what? Uh, watching the highlights, like, well, this is uh, this doesn't look like a, a great game. But um, uh, an associate who was there uh, was pretty happy with it. Um, as, from a neutral point of view, uh, I think I think there's 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 two. So who do you want to go? F- who do you want to talk through first? Uh, Dundee, because they're bottom now. Dundee, yeah. So, I think there's encouraging, uh, encouraging signs. The the right, but they've they finally got a competent right back. Uh, it seems uh, Vonte Daly Campbell brought in from Leicester City on loan. He was like he was pretty good. I think he's given them a bit of um, a presence at right back. Someone who can go both ways, uh, powerful. Uh, and it probably means that they don't have to play Christy Elliott, uh, Christy Elliott ever again. Um, they, I think this is a, a, a Dundee team. I think see if see if they had Rudden and Cam maybe uh, Campbell in like a few days before, or if they had a game before now, then probably Rudden probably would have started and. We looked like a more a more complete team, but they did have the. I think they had the better, larger had the better chances. They were you can't accuse James McPake of not, um, trying to win games. Quite an, uh, it feels quite an attacking team. Um, Niall McGinn looked like the. Niall McGinn, can you used to playing on the left hand side? Cutting into his right and delivering really, um, really dangerous, really dangerous balls. Rudden for me is the interesting one because I've never been sure on him, but I'm not seeing him as much as the likes of uh, Craig Anderson has this season because he's uh, what he supports a championship team and <laughs> um, and and Sean as well, who's you've seen quite a lot of him. That. They've well, certainly Sean has noticed his progress or his development. Uh, him and uh, uh, Telford have, have, have mentioned that, and it d- does seem that there's going to be a player there because I think when St Johnson were linked with him, I was like, if you're kind of relying on Zach Rudd to come out and get you out of a uh, Premiership uh, relegation battle, I think you've got really big issues. But I think that's maybe me being um, ignorant, and I think by all accounts he'll come in and make. Dundee better. I mean, he can't do much worse than Griffiths and Jason Cummins Sheridan did this season. Mm-hmm. Or oh, you could be like as well. <laughs> yeah, you could be like as well. Yeah, that's it. Um, 
I just, I think he just, he's, he's a pest, which is, I think it was a massive bonus for a striker, but more to it than that is, you look at part of this one, you'd expect, okay, Brian played with, when he plays with Brian Graham, Brian Graham would be the focal point, but it's actually Rudden was, his movement's really good, his... Um, so he's a kind of pest in the Danny Mullen mode, but he could score goals. Yeah, I think, I think he's pest in Danny Mullen mode, but he's just a better player, yeah. a more, more rounded player. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how um, how that develops. The, the defensively, the, the real issues with Dundee uh, between it's always kind of flip flopping between them and Ross County for the worst defense in the league. They are still waiting on Zeno, Wibson, Rossi. I think that's paperwork is with FIFA again. See, I don't think he was that great at Kelly, but Sweeney. I've <laughs> he's had his moments this season, but I think he is. In their best set, uh, best centre back centre back partnership, and he was he was fantastic. Sorry, I was uh, reading something. Who was fantastic? <laughs> Sweeney. Sweeney. Ah, yes, uh, he got a lot of praise. I saw, and also, and let's switch it to Dundee United now. So did Ross Graham, which uh, Dunfermline fans I think will be a bit surprised by. Yeah, so I, I messaged I messaged uh, Telford and Sean and asked like, is this Ross Graham is this the one that was getting absolute panned? At East End Park, and it seems seemed that was the case, but he was, according to Craig Cairns, I'll, I'll just say what Craig Cairns uh, described him. Um, where is it? It was uh, da, 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 da. Graham was was very good, uh, very good, both as a defender and on the ball. Because I, I thought maybe he'd just be a meat and, uh, meat and potatoes uh, centre back, but no, he's he's essentially gone in there and been and, and been very good. The big issue, the big issue with Dun United is scoring. So Tony Watt, Tony Watt's come in. They've uh, they they've paid they paid handsome, handsomely for him in terms of weekly wage, and you're thinking, right, come in, you're going to be the the goal scorer we need. However, he's been fielded, and naturally, Tony Watts as a player naturally drifts to left. He did that with Motherwell, but I think you need to give him that license. To yes, don't do, stick him on the left. Just don't, yeah, don't stick him on the left. Since he's came in, how many shots in the four league games? How many? Uh, I think it's four, four league games he's played for United. How many shots do you think he has had? I looked this up on. I looked this up on Wise. I'm going to guess it's low, but I would say that normally he should have in four games if he was a Motherwell player, he would have about nine or ten shots. Two. <laughs> That's pretty bad. According to Wise Scout, he has had two shots. Oh my! That's, that's no use. No. <laughs> why? So we, why he, we say the top, at the time the top goal scored the league and played it as a winger? It's, it baffles because going into going in the final day of the season, it's going in the final day of the transfer window. Sorry, I was looking at what Dundee United needed to do. Giando Fox is away, so they've they brought in essentially they've brought in two midfielders, Kevin McDonald and uh, Akinola from Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I don't know; I, I can't confess to know much about Akinola, but they need someone who to take the creative burden or someone to be a consistent creative uh, outlet. Because at the moment they've got Tony Watt, who is their best creator and best finisher, but he is unable to be. And I know he's improved a lot over uh, recent uh, recent years and found a. Um, Kind of found his found a place for himself in the Scottish football, but even he can't be in two places uh, at once. And essentially, you've got Tony Watt, who is a very, very good player, creating chances for Mark McNulty. <laughs> or Nicky, oh, he didn't create it, it was uh, Niskanen that created it. Yeah, Nicky Clark missed a couple of chances, but Nicky Clark has shown he's, he, he, I think he's Apache, Apache goal scorer, yes. and there's a wee bit more, a bit more to, to, to his game, but yeah, I I just don't like, I don't like the balance of United's, United's attack. I think they've got, they've got plenty of defenders to be uh, optimistic about, they've got uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the league, who I don't think has had the best the the best runoff at the past month, but he's still come up with some uh, some big saves. And then you've got a midfield who is definitely workman like can keep the ball. Um, but I just it's getting the getting getting into that final third. Um, going from a, a basically just a team that can that can create chances and and score goals and just stand United they just put me off watching them because I think they're hard to watch in the final third right that'll do us thank you very much for listening thank you very much for joining me Joe oh you're welcome 
And we are now going to record a Patreon because ever since Andy and Sean's uh, ter- terrific podcast, a uh, very important podcast as mm-hmm. well, on the Wraith Rovers signing of David Goodwillie and why they uh, very uh, cam- measured and, and calmly put forward their reasons why it was a horrendous uh, decision by the club in, in, the, in a way that I, I kept their emotions in check that I'm not sure I would have been able to if I was on the show. Uh, the two of them obviously Rovers fans. Um but there has been a development since then. Uh, Wraith Rovers have said that they were wrong and that David Goobley is not going to play for them, but they have signed him to a two-and-a-half-year deal already, so there's stuff to work out there. So me and Joe are going to talk about the latest developments and also kind of get into some of the kind of not, like rhetorics around this story because there's, there's some kind of fucking idiots that I want to <laughs> appear on Twitter today that there are arguments I want to I want to cut down. So. Is, is that one of them, Craig? <laughs> is, that, is that tweet I'm showing you one of them? I would prefer not to speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you'll be getting, uh, if you do, you will be getting invited back on that podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so if you listen to that, it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. That'll be going on the £2 per month tier. So how can you argue with that? It's a bargain. Right. Thank you very much for listening and for the weekend. I hope you enjoy your football. Cheers. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.